Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hi, I'm Mary Franklin, a GB Kinesiadam athlete. Yeah, I'm Joe Clark. I am the Olympic champion from Rio 2016. I'm Joe Fraser, Team GB gymnast. Hey, my name's Emma Wilson. Uh, I'm a windsurfer. Uh, I'm really happy to be selected for Team GB for Paris 2024. This is Anything But Footy, the Olympic and Paralympic podcast, covering the Games all the time rather than just once every four years when the summer or the winter edition rolls around. I'm Michael. And I'm John. And it's new Olympic year, new new intro music, uh, thanks to the athletes so far who've introduced us. And we are at number 100. Yeah, we look, we've done many, many more pods with us chatting Olympic and Paralympic news, talking about you at the Gold Coast, Michael, you wearing Hannah Mills' first gold medal, my tennis obsession, and Sir Andy Murray, of course. But really, this is the big 100. We are centurions, and they said it would never work. <laughs> uh, maybe they were kind of right. We're still kind of waiting. But coming up in this episode, we are ploughing on regardless. It's an Olympic and Paralympic year. It's a bonus edition as well, number 100 this week. It's here. It's the Olympics and a medal-winning start for athletes from Great Britain and Northern Ireland already. A European cycling roundup to come. And we're also joined by two British hockey stars who are just four or potentially five games away from securing their place at Paris 2024. We will also round up the rest of our news from the Games. I might mention Yorkshire's bid for the Commonwealth Games too. We will be talking, amongst other things, swimming, table tennis, water polo and the torch relay. And you can stay in touch with us and see what we're doing at any time. Anything but footy on social media, you will find us there. Or check out our website, anythingbutfooty.com. So let's start cycling then. And a medal-winning start to 2024 for British cycling. Well done to those guys. Week one. And we are right in the middle of what we've termed our first major event of Olympic Paralympic year. Now, this one is uh, ahead of the Olympic Games. It's the European Track Cycling Championships. They're being staged in Appledoon in the Netherlands. It concludes on Sunday. Now, a squad of 23 have travelled representing Great Britain, all part of this qualification process for the Paris Olympics. We'll speak more about 
about that in a moment. Now, the team includes eight current world champions and 13 medalists from the 2023 World Championships. Some of the ones uh, that I think are worth watching out for. Emma Finnegan, the world sprint champion. Uh, the women's team pursuiters, they were world champions last August, so keep an eye out for Eleanor Barker, Meg Barker, Josie Knight and Anna Morris. Also, Nia Evans. I mean, you mentioned the Gold Coast. Shall I mention the Gold Coast was when I sat on Nia Evans's feet and a very packed tram. Uh, she's the world Madison champion representing Great Britain at the European Track Cycling Championships. And Ethan Vernon, the elimination race world champion as well. And you mentioned him there. Ethan Vernon was part of the victorious men's team pursuit that was won its first European gold in nine years and beat the world champions Denmark in the process alongside Dan Bigham, Ethan Hayter and Charlie Tanfield. The awesome foursome clocked 3.49.974 in the Netherlands and the delighted Vernon spoke to British Cycling afterwards. Yeah, it's one of the last races we'll do against the guys here so uh, it's nice to do a good time and take some confidence going into Paris and um, of course like this this meant quite a lot more so because of unfortunately well didn't go to plan last year so racking up those points ahead of Paris um, this, this was a vital result to get yeah it was yeah um, a few of us are going off onto the road now with our team so uh, we're not going to be back together for a few months so it's nice to have a high like that before we uh, go off and do our own things for a bit and then we'll come back for the last nations cup and there was more medal success, but it wasn't quite a Dutch double in the women's team pursuit. The world champions, the British world champions themselves in Glasgow last year, claiming the silver in the final against Italy. Great to hear from our medal-winning team pursuiters there. A flying start for the British cycling team, and that came after two silver medals and a fourth place on day one in Appledown. The silver medal for the women's sprint team of Katie Marchant, Sophie Capewell, Emma Fumanukane, who I've already mentioned, and Lowry Turner. Germany won the gold. Ali Fielding, Hamish Turnbull and Jack Carlin in the men's team sprint finished fourth. Let's hear then from that women's team back on the podium speaking with British Cycling. Yeah, really good. I feel like we came into this like with a lot of training behind us and we wanted to execute three really good rides and I feel like we've done that as a team and yeah, I'm really proud of all of us. We like nailed our processes and we put down a time that we're really, really proud of and like, yeah, we're coming so it's, we're not that far off so I'm really excited. <laughs> And speaking of we're coming, it seems like there's a bit of a thorn in your side at the moment in the form of the Germans. What what do you do about a team like that when you're competing almost every big event now? It's, it's you two fighting for the top spot. Um, I think we you know we just got to keep working and concentrating on ourselves. We keep pushing the Germans to almost breaking world records every time we come up against them. So if not breaking world records, so yeah, it's really exciting, you know. And we have a long-term goal, and obviously that's Paris. And yeah, we're really confident in our ability. And yeah, I think as a team, we're in a really really good place. And uh, first first major event of the year, I think, for you lot. Um, how are the legs feeling in general? Yeah, it's a bit interesting. So we've literally just come out of a super heavy block. So coming out with a time that I think is our fastest apart from Wales and even match one of our Wales times is pretty special. And knowing how much is left in the tank and how hard we've dug, it's just like that extra little bit of motivation going forward knowing how much more to, is to come. And looking forward to the season ahead. It's, it's going to be a heck of a season with all the Nations Cups and then potentially the Olympics as well. So what, what's, what's that feeling like to look, look forward to? It's absolutely amazing. Like, to have started with the Euros going as well as this. The women's sprint silver medalists, Great Britain, Emma Finnecane, Katie Marchant, Sophie Capewell and Lowry Thomas. And there was also a silver medal for Will Tidball in the men's elimination race. Now, that is his first individual elite European medal 
Let's hear again what he had to tell British Cycling after the event. I'm not here to make excuses. It was a good race and uh, yeah, good way to start the year. And a brilliant way, yeah, to, to propel yourself through the season. How, how are you feeling, um, thinking about the rest of the season going forward? Yeah, I'm excited. It's a big year, isn't it? You know, after last year winning the Worlds, that was massive. And then, you know, if you just told me last year I'd be getting a silver medal at Euros, I'd probably be happy. But the fact that I'm a little bit disappointed obviously shows the, uh, the standard I'm going for now. So, um, yeah, it's a good start to the year and hopefully we can progress on. So maybe some new names there for uh, Olympic fans as we look towards Paris in the summer, looking ahead uh, to where the medals might be won as far as the track is concerned. Uh, we've got some other cycling meetings coming up, of course, and uh, the one, the next one, I think, from a track point of view that we should be looking at, which is really the end of the qualification period for the track cyclists, will be the Three Nations Cup. And after that, we'll have a decent idea of who our track cyclists are going to be. As far as the other disciplines of cycling are concerned, in BMX, we've got World Cups and World Championships, the same in mountain bike as well. And we've got two big qualification events for some of the urban sports. So when we talk about cycling and the urban sports, we're talking BMX again here, the urban qualification events taking place, the freestyle and the park BMX cyclists in Shanghai and Budapest as well. And we're also going to have another world championship for the paracyclists, a track world championship uh, taking place in March and mm. a couple of uh, road World Cup events for our paracyclists taking place in the spring as well i think as always we will be optimistic won't we about the the medal hopes as far as uh, british cycling and british cyclists are concerned once we get around to the olympics and certainly the paralympics but plenty to get our teeth in between now and then yeah and you mentioned one of them will tidball i think you know he's someone to watch i mean he won a world championship gold medal in glasgow last summer he's aged only 23 and it really shows that he just keep coming and from right across the country as well he's from Exmouth, which you wouldn't normally say is a hotbed of, of cycling, but British cycling keep getting it right. And congratulations to all them who have medaled so far at those European championships. Now, also hoping to get it right this week are great British hockey. It is Olympic year, yet we're going to keep saying it. So England, Scotland, Wales hockey have all come together and the best of the UK are in the squads and have travelled to Oman and Spain this coming week. Now, they're looking to book their place at Paris 2024 and look we're going to keep saying that a lot in the next few weeks and months yeah it is the olympic qualifiers as far as hockey is concerned taking place in muscat and in valencia as well the british men and the women need to finish in the top three so they've got some group games they have to finish top two to progress to the semi-finals now the british women who have been successful winning medals in the last three olympics and commonwealth games have i think the slightly tougher group and they're up against canada up against the host nation spain up against malaysia as well and we'll hear from scotland and great britain sarah robinson robertson who's in that squad She'll be uh, speaking with John in a moment. But first, the British men, who, as we said, are in Muscat in Oman. They're taking on Pakistan, Malaysia and China over the next few days. And John has been catching up with England and Great Britain defender James Albury. Just missed out on qualification uh, at the Europeans, um, coming second to the Dutch, which, uh, yeah, was one of our best results in recent years, actually. Um, but, yeah, the way that Olympic qualification works now means we have to come to this uh, qualifier tournament. Um, over in Oman, which, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to get the job done. It's difficult, isn't it? Because you win a silver medal, which, as you say, was a great result for the British men and, and one of the highlights probably of the last few years, as well as the Commonwealth Games bronze as well. But then there was disappointment at the same time. How do you unearth, do you kind of process that? It, yeah, to be honest, it was a really difficult one. Um, we set out with really clear intentions in that tournament that we wanted to win it. 
Um, we felt like we were in a really good place going into the tournament. Felt like we've been playing some good stuff. So, um, yeah, we, we really felt that we, we had a chance there. And um, as you say, it was it was a, a bittersweet feeling. Um, you know, we, we were really pleased to get to the final. Um, you know, we beat the Germans in the semi-final on penalties, which is unheard of. Things didn't quite go our way in the final. Probably didn't put our best stuff out there. Um, but yeah, ultimate, ultimately, we were we were happy with 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 how we played throughout the tournament. But yeah, yeah, not quite managing to to get what we wanted. So yeah, definitely a bittersweet feeling. And all the teams you play: Pakistan first, then Malaysia, then China, all below you in the world rankings. Does that help? It's difficult to say. I mean, ultimately, rankings mean nothing when you're both out there on the pitch. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've we, we've been playing some good stuff over the last few years, and um, you know, our, our ranking is is you know fully deserved in our opinion. So um, yeah, we definitely won't be fearing any of the three teams. But at the same point, you know, we've got a lot of respect for them. Um, they're three very good teams in their own right who bring a a slightly different game um, to what we've been used to in Europe. Um, some slightly different skill sets. Um, so yeah, by no means will it be will they be easy. You know, and they'll be. Uh, you know, trying to 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 sort of uh, to take what they think they can they can uh, take from us. So um, yeah, as I say, none of the games will be easy, but hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully, if we bring our best game, we feel pretty confident. And you mentioned about finishing in the top three overall. So I assume you have to win the group to do that. Is 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 that the way it works? So top two of the group get out um, and go into a semi final. Um, you then play a crossover with the other group. Um, which we are assuming, which you never should do, but it will probably be either maybe Germany or uh, or New Zealand, or another strong team, just looking at rankings. So they're probably the two that we're looking at in the crossover. But to be honest with you, we just want to, you know, get the group done, uh, come top of our group and give, our ch- give ourselves the best chance of going through. Yeah, absolutely. So effectively, you're f- four or five games away from the Olympics? Yeah, sounds easy when you say it like that, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think uh could be four, could be five, um, depending on how they go. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll give you another cliche. You know, we'll be taking every game as it comes, um, which, you know, is a cliche. But in honesty, it's the truth. You know, these these three games coming up first in the group are just as important as the crossovers. So, um, yeah, we definitely won't be looking too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah, which is which is great to to see, and I mean it w- would mean so much. We've got some great heritage in the sport of Great Britain in the Olympics. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, you know, in recent years, probably haven't quite gone as well as we'd liked. Um, I know people keep looking back at sort of nineteen eighty eight and Sean Curley, and whenever you tell anyone in in uh, in the country that you play hockey, that's all they br- ever bring up. So uh, yeah, no, we've we've got some fantastic heritage. Um, and, you know, we're really hoping that if we bring our best stuff this week and then bring our best stuff in the summer, if all goes well, that, you know, we'll hopefully be able to create a little bit of history ourselves. And just finally, you're a defender. It, it, that seems like a really hard position on a hockey field because effectively you're just trying to get in the way of stopping people from shooting, aren't you, effectively? Effectively, yeah. I mean, I try not to get in the way as much as possible, but, uh, yeah, try and block, block as many shots. The attackers will tell you that they're actually the brave ones. They like to stand in the way and deflect it in the goal. Um, but yeah, honestly, you know, obviously we, we do all the hard graft at the back and then they take all the rewards. So um, no, it's uh, to be honest with you, it doesn't really matter where you play. The ball can, can get you from anywhere. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, defenders are definitely uh, yeah, the, the bravest of them all. Well, we wish you all the best 
the whole team, uh, Great Britain, going for that Olympic qualification. Uh, James Albury, thank you so much for talking to us. Cheers. Thanks very much for having me. I'm Sarah Robertson, hockey player for Great Britain. So, Sarah, I've just been speaking to James, and he said that defenders were braver than attackers in hockey, and you just take the glory. Uh, any reaction to that? Um, as an attacker, I would definitely agree with that. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm quite an honest player, so I would have to admit that our defenders are definitely braver. Um, and do we take the glory? I suppose we do, but I think our defenders also get a bit of glory when they when they make the make the good saves. <laughs> I mean, from a, a, a spectating point of view, you don't want to be anywhere in front of a ball being hit hard, do you? you it, it's 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 quite a scary game, to, in all seriousness. No, it is definitely it is a scary game. I've definitely had a few bad knocks in my career um, that take you a while to bounce back from. But yeah, definitely with the right equipment and protection. Um, yeah, it, it can be safe, um, but yeah, you're always ready for that element of where could it be? And that's why it's so important to be on your A game at these sort of things, you know, right. Keep your eye on the ball. Mm, absolutely. And, and I know we're a podcast called Anything But Footy, but I was reading on the Team GB website today that you wanted to be a footballer. Um, Yeah, I did. I played a lot of football when I was young. It was definitely my first sport, the first sport that I fell in love with. Um, And then I I only started playing hockey when I went to high school. Um, but I think the good thing about it for me was that there were a lot of similarities between football and hockey. You know, same sim- similar sort of size pitch, 11 players, um, just take away the offside rule and add in a lot more skill into hockey. So, yeah, for a while, I definitely knew what I wanted to do in hockey, um, but I didn't quite have the skills to do it. So it took me a long time to sort of develop the skills for it. So here we are, Olympic year. You guys not quite there yet. Long, a lot in some ways, a long way to go. In some ways, a very short time to go. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, it seems crazy that it's an Olympic year, only three years after, um, well, two and a half after Tokyo. And as you say, yeah, we're obviously not qualified yet, but that's the aim of this next ten days or so to make sure we book our ticket as a squad to get to Paris. Um, and as well, it's also good preparation for us on that journey. We're confident that. You know, if we do everything right, we will qualify. Um, and this is a good step on that journey. So no real change as you prepare for these games then in Valencia. That's where you are at the moment. And what a game to kick off with in your group against Canada, against Danny Kerry and Kate Richardson-Walsh, who, of course, people will know from the Rio 2016 gold medal team. Yeah, no, exactly. It's... um. Yeah, it's a funny one. Obviously, Kate as well coached me at club hockey up until about last year. So, yeah, it's definitely people who we know well. Um, We're definitely trying to take that narrative out of it. Ultimately, we're playing Canada, you know, who we respect as a team. Uh, We know what sort of challenge we're going to face, but we're definitely trying to remove any sort of rivalry that exists between Kate and Danny. Um, I'm sure they'll throw some interesting challenges our way. But, um, yeah, we're preparing for it as normal. And England are ranked seventh in the world. Spain, your next opponents in your group, are ranked eighth. This is a tough group. You you need to finish in the top two to, to progress to the semifinals. Yeah, it is a tough group. Spain are a very good side. Obviously, we're playing them here at home. Um, the last time I think we played them for Great Britain was the Olympics Um, in the quarterfinal, which was a draw and it went to a shootout. So, yeah, we know that they are a tricky team to play. We played them in a practice match out here, which was a good sort of to get a flavour of where they're at a couple of years on from from the Olympics as Great Britain. Um, but yeah, we've also got Malaysia and Canada in the group who are two teams that we don't play often. So 
they present a different challenge, a different style of hockey um, compared to the you know the top 10 teams that we're used to playing all the time. So, yeah, each team has their own sort of nuances and different challenges that they're going to throw at us. London 2012, Rio 2016, Tokyo 2020, stroke 21. You all came away with medals, the women's team. Is that pressure or does that really benefit you? Um, yeah, I think going into Tokyo a couple of years ago, we were you know, keen to acknowledge that that was a legacy that had, you know, come before us, but also with an acknowledgement that we were a very new team going into Tokyo. I think in Tokyo, there was seven people who'd played in the Olympics prior to that and nine new people. So the majority were definitely new. It was their first Olympics. So we were keen to write our own history with that. And, you know, nobody probably would have put any money on us to medal. We kind of pulled it out of the bag over those two weeks. Um, but yeah, I guess at the moment the conversation is all just make sure we get to Paris. Like we're not even talking about what Paris looks like at the moment. It's just book our ticket. But from your own personal point of view, Tokyo was a very different games with no crowd. So, you know, from your ambitions point of view, I'm sure you're desperate to get to Paris. Yeah, definitely. No, it is. I I I def I considered, you know, stopping after Tokyo. I took a bit of a break after it. And then I still felt like I was in a really good spot. And yeah, the fact that it's an Olympics in Europe you know, friends and family can get there. And I think in general, it's going to have an amazing buzz. Paris, you know, you can already see some of the hype about the venues and yeah, the fact that there's going to be a crowd. I think people will really embrace sport. Um, and we, we just want to be part of that. Well, we wish you all the best over the next few weeks. Enjoy the sunshine or the warmth out there uh, as well. And uh, thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you. So that's Great Britain hockey player Sarah Robertson. Before that, we heard from the men's team, James Albury, speaking to John from Valencia and Muscat ahead of those crucial Olympic qualifying tournament matches. Must wins for British hockey and, of course, for Team mm. GB as well. The BBC Red Button and their digital channels will be showing those matches if you would like to watch. Follow us on social media. We'll be bringing you the very latest and talking of the latest still to come. Our news from the Games. This is Anything But Footy, the Olympic and Paralympic. Olympic podcast. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You're listening to Anything But Footy. It is episode 100. We, as we, sh we talk should have like fireworks or something, shouldn't we? Going off in the background. When we got to 50 great British bosses, we booked a dame as the guest. <laughs> now we're on to episode 100. It's a little harsh on the uh, cyclists and the hockey players. <laughs> I was going to say, we've got a fantastic lineup of cyclists and hockey players, and, and you and me too. Uh, episode 100, a special episode of the pod on the first major sporting events of the Olympic year, the crucial hockey qualifiers and the European track cycling. But so much more to come in 2024. Uh, you can check out our sporting calendar for next year, plus all of our latest blogs on the website, anything but foot com and while I talk about blogs, I blogged. I think it was back in August 2023, so you last did. year now, about Yorkshire and some of the northern cities, northern regions coming together 
to try and save the 2026, possibly 2027 Commonwealth Games. And you might have seen quite a lot of press interest in this now. Uh, it's been picked up by a number of the, the northern newspapers, notably uh, by the sports editor at the Yorkshire Post, which is a guy called Nick Westby. And I would just say watch this space because I think there will be more uh, pressure on some of those civic leaders across the north of England to maybe look to step up and see if there is any feasibility, any possibility of potentially hosting a Commonwealth Games. It won't be a Commonwealth Games like we're used to. I've never said that, but it, it could be some kind of staging or addition of Commonwealth Games or at least some Commonwealth sport. Keep watching for that. We certainly will. And we hope that we don't lose Michael to the CEO of the uh, Commonwealth Games Northern bid. Uh, time for our news from the Games. Might uh, pay more. <laughs> to be fair, it would. Uh, one of those events to watch out for is the Aquatics World Championships in Doha next month. Now, we've discussed the British swimming and the diving teams in recent episodes, but a quartet of Britain's top marathon swimmers have also now been selected with Olympic qualification for Paris 2024. See, I did it again. Uh, will be up for grabs. Seventh in the world, Hector Pardew, the Tokyo Olympian, heads the British team. Toby Robinson, Amber Keegan and Leah Crisp are also included. I was going to say staying in the pool, but marathon swimmers... It's not in the pool. In no. the pool, are they really? Bad but script, so, bad script. <laughs> staying, staying in the water. Yes. Great Britain have recorded their best result in the European Water Polo Championships in a decade. Uh, the women's team reached the quarterfinals before eventually losing to the hosts and the world champions, the Netherlands. So not too shabby there. And a penalty shootout win over Israel will live long in many memories. If you've seen some of the clips on social media of the team and the coach celebrating mm. that one, we do hope it is a stepping stone for further success remember great britain team gb did have a water polo team uh, back in 2012 uh, but not since so maybe that is something an ambition something to aim for yeah uk athletics is pleased to announce that micro plus this, this was what the press re press release says as the title sponsor of the uk athletics indoor championships uh, which take place in february in birmingham um, next month of course it is as well the trials for the new World Indoors, which is taking place in Glasgow in March. So some good news for UK athletics. Now, a squad of 11 British athletes are flying off to Texas, hoping to continue their quest for a place at the Paralympics in Paris 2024. There, I said it again this summer. European para table tennis bronze medalist Martin Perry remains on track for his first Paralympic Games this summer. He, along with Commonwealth Games medalist Jack Hunter Spivey, Tokyo bronze medalist Paul Karabardak and Megan Shackleton all competing in the US Para Open in Corpus Christi. And for the first time in the history of the Games, relay teams of 24 people made up of champions, everyday athletes, volunteers, referees, coaches, you know the kind of thing will carry the Olympic and Paralympic flames throughout France and Paris. It's all been organised to spread the energy of sport and teamwork throughout the country. It is, of course, the Torch Relay. And Paris 2024 revealed the first team relay torch bearers uh, who will carry that flame as well as relay captains. Now, I have been through that list, Michael, and I haven't found Kylian Mbappe as yet. Now, he is the most famous French sports person that I know, and I know he's a footballer, so I think I need to do some genning up on some French Olympic and Paralympic athletes. Check out their triathlon team and their judokas as well, would be what I would say if you want to look at where some medals might be going as far as the home nation are concerned at Paris 2024 later on 
this year. Don't forget, you can always get in touch with us. We are online at anythingbutfooty.com. And you can also find us on socials as well, on X, on Insta, on Facebook. And I think we're still there hanging on, clinging on by our fingernails on TikTok too. You've been listening to Anything But Footy, the Olympic and Paralympic podcast. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.